0: Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow
1: Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to a shorter and our uh, more concise version of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm joined by Johnny, Johnny from the North Bank, and we're going to discuss success comes from the fractional difference. Remember you're listening to an Arsenal podcast for Arsenal fans by Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to. Um, it's been a slow. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's been a slow weekend. Um, we've not got a lot to talk about, but Johnny has, and this is here's Johnny. Johnny Johnny Hubbard Johnny from the North Bank isn't that your yes, Twitter I, handle? That's my Johnny uh, Twitter from the handle, North Bank. Yeah. So, so Johnny, um, you're go- you you messaged me and you said uh, you wanted to talk about um, success from the fractional difference, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But l- let's get people to know a little bit more about Johnny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's Johnny. Um, so, you're a red member, a silver member, a season ticket holder, or uh, all of the above. Uh, I got a season ticket. I
0: uh,
1: I sub from somebody who can't make it. And um, you obviously you're you're where you're block seven on the north bank, aren't you? Yeah, block seven. Uh, usually about halfway up. So you're not far far away from Tracy Islet and Joe and all those. Well, Joe's Joe, Joe's a, a steward with his dad as well with Paul. Um, mm. Your first game, so obviously, I, I assume you've been to Highbury. Uh, your first game, you, I think we talked about this, wasn't this uh, quite a, uh, an infamous game, and it's it, it's decorated around the stadium. Go, look, you explain. Uh,
0: well, I, it was a, a mirrored fixture uh, a couple of years before, well, a few years before um, the famous fixture where we won the league against Everton. I, I went to Everton. Sat in the family enclosure with my stepdad and and uh, I was had a bit of a fanboy moment when Lee Dixon came over to take a throw in about five feet away, you know, back in them days when you were really close.
1: Uh, yeah, nowadays nice. you can't get that, is it? Like Nowadays you'd be saying, Lee, give us a selfie, but <laughs> back then you couldn't.
0: <laughs> back then you had no run up for the for the, the throw in, you'd have to start in the second row in order to get a run up for a throw in. But that was yeah, that was my first game. I do not even remember the score. I just remember the experience of going to such a crowded place. I was quite young at the time. I think it was about seven or eight. But yeah, so that was my first game. But my most my favourite game though, uh, at Highbury was the the, the Arsenal Everton game where Adams has come out of nowhere and, and and scored that fabulous goal to win us the game and the league at that. That, that end and
1: obviously that pose he got his his statue from and he's he's featured every week on it's now called AF TV um uh, down down by there with Robbie Lyle and, and everybody else uh doing their, their thing uh, you got the Tony Adams statue at, at the back of the North Bank haven't you
0: yeah yeah Robbie sits a few rows in front of me I can see his big Malteser head most days <laughs> he's uh, a lovely fella he's he a lovely I fella. Like, i got a lot of time for robbie uh himself he's just uh all the other fuckers that's Less what not i have F- to t- that one d- d-
1: d- 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 don't don't get into that <laughs> that's what AFTV
0: yeah. stands for now <laughs> all fuckers.com anyway <laughs> oh, we digress anyway my favorite and my favorite emirates game is i was just about United. to ask you
1: that that's my that's my job by the way you yeah, know i wanted to ask you yeah, what's your favourite Emirates game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: trying to seamlessly go into these different things. Um, yeah, it's a, a it was a couple of years ago now when we absolutely smashed United, and I remember it was before I got into the North Bank. I was in, I was in right up in the gods, up in the corner. Uh, but I, I I just remember such a, a <laughs> an atmosphere I've not spe- felt at the Emirates before. It's just, uh, it's How many years singing. back is that?
1: Is that, what,
0: four years? I want to say three years. Because this is my second year in the North Bank, and it was the year before uh, I was up in the Gods uh, when I had the season ticket. See, so I want to say okay. three years
1: Was it, Was that 3-0? Three, three or... uh, I that think what it was 5-2 the...
0: or something like that, some where we absolutely oh. smashed them to pieces.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, I've seen us smash so many teams. Um, they type of blur into one. I've also seen us not necessarily get smashed, but I've you know. So let's not even go down that road. Listen, I'll tell you what. You're in Brentwood. You're in Essex. You could be West Ham. You could be Tottenham. Why Arsenal? Well, I
0: grew up in uh, in in Bow in East London, and uh, we're we're not that far really. I mean, it's like. I, there was a, a bus that used to go from where I grew up, the number 277. Many of our listeners will know it. Um, I it, love the 277. It goes, it, uh, it goes through Dalston as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it now stops at Dalston. It um, don't go to uh, Highbury anymore. But I used to think, well, oh, Highbury, it's really close. And I, it felt like a, a a close place to me. And my stepdad uh, came along when I was about six, and he was a massive gooner. And really being brought up by, well, my mum and, and uh, my nan, really. There wasn't a lot of footballing influence. My granddad was a was a rugby man, he's a big Irishman, and uh, he wasn't really into football. So, really, I had no male influence until my stepdad came along, and that was it. So, this is Arsenal. And the the biggest game, like the, the actual time it really hooked into me was watching the Cup Winners' Cup final. And remember sitting there with him, eating marshmallows, watching this game, as, as feeling like this is amazing. You know, there, there's so many other people there. Everybody's doing the same thing as me, and I, I felt I actually felt part of something. And then I started to meet other Arsenal fans and stuff like that. So, so, what what age
1: were you then at that Cup Winners' Cup final? Then,
0: what year was that? What year was that? Was that ninety three?
1: I think it's no, it's ninety four. I think, and, and you know what's no, quite yeah. what what's quite ironic. My son, um, when I met my wife, um, my wife already had a boy. I adopted him, and he's he's, he's my son. Hello, Mike, if you're listening. Um, and um, I wasn't big into football before. I was more a rugby man, like your like like uh, your granddad and so on. And um, I uh, remember sitting watching. It was on an ITV, and you didn't get football often on. Mm. Tri- um on, on normal tv and i remember watching it and when naeem scored from the halfway line my son was crying i'm going oh poor love how can he get so upset like that about football look at me now i'm fucking sitting here podcasting and oh. <laughs> 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 do, you, do you still go to football with your stepdad or is he still about not really no
0: no that went well, fell by the wayside do he uh it he's not really around anymore but i do have my little brother so you know that you know this he's around in a fashion but yeah Good. apart apart from that we we about the same time ian wright opened a, co- a, a betting shop down the road from me and uh i was allowed to bunk off school that day and we went down and uh my little brother was only a few months old in 94 and we went and uh, met him and got signatures and uh, got pictures with him, and it was the time where we had the blue lightning kit, and it was just oh yeah a, yeah yeah, and I, was, I, I posted the picture from that about uh, uh, on my Instagram uh, Instagram recently. Got a few uh,
1: thumbs up, Yes, you do. I don't I don't do Insta, so <laughs> listen, we've heard a bit about you, um, but what did? You... What did you mean by success comes from the fractional differences? So enlighten us a bit and try and draw me out a little bit and see if I can agree or disagree with you. Well, the stage is yours.
0: Let's draw it back to a phrase that Arsene Wenger coined um, about when his team wasn't playing exactly how he wanted and it wasn't quite clicking he says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, that water doesn't boil at 99 degrees. It has to be at 100, otherwise it doesn't work. This is kind of the same thing. Everything has to be at the very cutting edge, and it, when everybody else is at the cutting edge, it's those very, very small fractional differences between that make the biggest difference. Uh, a case in point is that it will take a, a, a polarising player, got someone like Ozil, who, he does get lambasted, but if you take, if you really look at what he does in the heat of a passing uh, sequence of play, the ball comes to him, he already knows where he wants to play that ball before the ball even arrives at his foot. He doesn't have to look up and think, oh, where can I send it now? He already knows. It's those slight differences. It's that fraction of a second that's the fractional difference and when the whole team is playing to a high level that's when that fractional difference makes the biggest difference
1: so so who and what players would you think that are at 99 degrees rather than 100 i know bellerin has come into a lot of criticism recently uh, ozil likewise uh, who go on
0: well it's more more the whole team the whole team needs to gel and be clicking together. Uh it's like a phrase I used recently. Um it's like when you go to your mum's for a Sunday Sunday dinner and you can you can start to smell the the goodness coming from the kitchen and your mouth starts to walk because you know what's coming. But it's kinda of like that when you're watching the watching the Arsenal and it's starting starting to come together. It's starting to click together and you can kind of feel that you know it's almost there and your mouth starts to walk because you know soon. When it starts to click, will be there. And will be at that boiling point. And the case in point is Ozil. A player that everybody... Uh, is very polarising. And is quite heavily lambasted. For so-called lazy appearance. But he, as a player. Is the cutting edge player. In that, once everything around him. Is playing at the high level. Those marginal... Differences makes, it become very apparent. When someone plays a ball to or he already knows where the ball's going. As the ball comes to him, he already knows, right, I'm going to pass it off to the right wing, or I know I'm going to slip this person in, or I'm going to flick it around that player. He doesn't have to receive the ball and then look up and think, oh, where am I going to play it? That couple of seconds, that split difference, that's the difference between a Man City and a Burnley. You know. Do you think
1: Ozil do you think Ozil is good as um as say Burkamp or Santi Cazorla?
0: Differences I've said before Burkamp made the players around him better and Santi he he ended up dropping into a a defensive creative midfield role and was putting in tackles and putting his foot in and he made the game he took, to corner phrase, he took the game by the scruff of the neck and he made things happen. And Burkham did exactly the same thing. And I'm not saying the, both these players were perfect. I know they weren't. But more often than not, we'd like to look
1: at these things uh, with rose-tinted glasses. And yeah, well, if, we, if you look at Burkamp he wouldn't fly anywhere hardly. So, like you know, sometimes he left us without him in some very big games in the Champions League um, on two or three occasions. You know, and we still think, like you know, he walks on water. He does. But your point been proven on that on, by that?
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a statue for a reason. <sighs> Sorry, got cat trying to uh, go
1: onto the laptop. <sighs> george graham <laughs> i tell you what cats are fuckers for that though aren't they we've we've got a few and i i work from home and invariably a cat will jump on my keyboard when i'm typing an email to somebody and it's like oh fuck i hope i hope i don't press send just this step on the keyboard
0: <laughs> yeah you'll be in the middle of a very eloquent sentence and then all of a sudden it'll just say, wah, 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 wah,
1: you're right in the middle of to the same. That's normally what I say anyway. So, other players then, if you think of um, the the fractions and so on, uh, and the. Uh, the integration of the team and so on, the, the likes of Bellerin, uh, the likes of Shaka, the likes of even Mustafi, uh, these are um, am mentioning players that come under criticism um, because they're the ones we most talk about but even if we look like uh, Alex Iwobi uh, some of the, 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 the players that perform, Lacassette, uh, Bamiyang who's not great at them, who? Where, where are these fractions that you talk about come in?
0: I think if we bring bring that uh, that concept into the current team, we we are we're not at ninety nine, we're not at ninety eight, we're around about the ninety. But it's not going to take really? a lot to get. I think we're not that. Or I think we're much further off.
1: I would. I would put us at at 80, 80, 85 if I'm honest. But it's it's that
0: last ten percent that makes the difference. it's, it's that last couple of percentage I mean like when you take the, what's the difference between uh, a 30 million pound player and a 100 million pound player when you are side by side and we're not talking like the messis or the cristiano ronaldo's or or so on we're talking about the the the, the, the say the 97% to the 87% player the main difference is, is those small margins it's that split second It's a a player having half a second or split second ahead of another player around him and knowing where he's going to play that ball. That's the difference between a 30 million pound player and a 100 million pound player. But being in a team that will enable that player to play the game that they can play, which in case, my point with Ozil, is that if the team played better, we would see better from Ozil.
1: I agree. I, I I I think I I tried to hint on the similar sort of thing either in one of the comments I've well, definitely in one of the comments I've said on the forum, but also on one of the podcasts previously, saying that Ozil actually is uh, he's obviously a talent. He's obviously a very very good player when he played at Real Madrid, etc., and with Germany, and he's surrounded by super 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 top players. Um, he performs great. He's at Arsenal at the minute, and Arsenal, we do have some super super top players, including God, this is very deja vu, including Ozil, um, and we have got players uh, you know that are maybe not up the scratch, uh, and and you know we, I think we're definitely a top six side, pushing maybe top four with a bit of luck, and. I think he performs better when he surre- if if Ozil was at Man City, people would be going and saying De Bruyne, who?
0: Yeah, De Bruyne is is a perfect point when he was in the Chelsea team. He had some flashes of brilliance, um, but he wasn't quite all there. And then he, after six months, he thought of being dropped and so on. He was like, so I saw this went off to went off to Germany and played in a better performing team as a whole." And then you start to see the better of him. Yeah, you did have some flashes of individual brilliance, but his overall marginal differences were more apparent. The same kind of thing with uh, with those players now where he's in the Manchester City team. Everybody thinks he's one of the best midfielders in the world. And he is, but he wouldn't have got there without the quality basis of a team around him. You need to have the stable foundations and that's what a team like the invincibles had we had a stable basis a foundation for creative attacking flair and it just clicked when the team knew they had that to fall back on we don't really have that it's still a bit jittery it's still not quite clicking at the back and i'd like to be able to see i think then we will probably make one one maybe two signings i think and then we might see a slight difference, but it depends on how we progress in the next few games.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't argue. Um, I suppose, I suppose you'd like to think like, um, if, if what, what, what do we need to add to what we've got um, to to make a step up to that? to that next level in a sense like you know and obviously we need to sort out Ramsey and things like that but what do we need to add to our team a belief I think is one of the first things we need to add um but player wise pick a player that you'd add in January to bring out the best in in Ozil probably but just the best in 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 the team what would who or what would you add to it
0: I personally would um I, I, I would add two new fullbacks personally. Uh I, I love Nacho, I think he's brilliant. He's been an absolute soldier. But I think he's on the way out though, isn't he? Yeah, he's in the twilight of his years as it were. Yeah, you know, in, in the demanding league that the are in. We need to move on. If you look at someone like, uh, in his equivalent position, Benjamin Mendy, uh, he's physical, he's fast, he's a good defender, he's good going forward, he has all the attributes he's to make a big difference. And you look in the Manchester City team and if he, was, he was out for so long and then he came back and everybody was kind of saying, well, Fabian Delft did such a brilliant job there. I mean, What kind of big difference is he going to make? But you look at—he's got assists this season. You know he's come back. He's had his full preseason. He's been away with France and he's come back
1: with a spring in his step. Have Have you watched? Uh, do you have Amazon Prime? Have you been watching? Yeah. The, uh I've I've watched three or four of them, and I tell you what—you talk you talk about Benjamin Mendy. His outlook uh, with his injury, and um, he is a team player. He mm-hmm. is. A leader. Um, he is a joker. He is the man you want in the dressing room. Oh, what? What a fucking great! And add that he's a great talent on the pitch as well. Like you know, he yeah. he he ripped us apart. Even though it wasn't him who scored the goals, um, he dragged players everywhere. The runs and stuff. Very intelligent player. Very impressed. Extremely impressed. There's not many players
0: around like him. And to be honest, he 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 did. I didn't really know much about him. I mean, I'd seen him play for Monaco. Uh, I've seen him play against us, and you know, he, I thought, yeah, it's a good player, a solid player, but I didn't he didn't really register to me as an outstanding player. But that's the difference between top level
1: scouts. Which is exactly your point. Which is marginal differences. You, yeah, yeah. You saw him play at Monaco, and he was okay. And, and Monaco, I've got. A selection of stars, but when you go to play at, at, say City. City have got you know an abundance of stars, and you put a really good player like Mendy in there, and he 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 looks fantastic. I think he will be the defender of the season, in my view. So far, I, I, I
0: you know I'm there with you. I mean, I, I mean, I still uh, lament the, the the chance we had to sign Virgil Van Dyke. I was going heavy. Anybody that was decent, I was going heavy with Virgil Van Dijk. Oh, we got to get this player. And it was like, oh, what, why would you get him? He was only a ten million pound player when he went to Southampton. No, he is a he is a fucking player. And what happens Seventy million pounds later, he goes to Liverpool, and now everybody sees him as making the difference, turning the tide for Liverpool. That's what he could have done for Arsenal. So we need another Virgil Van Dijk. We need someone like that who can turn the tide and then we can be a
1: foundation for future success. So go back to the question I asked you earlier, which we diverted on with the Mendy thing. Mm. You talked about uh, Nacho. Who and what would you buy? Uh, Obviously, you're looking at defence, and I agree with you, defence. Midfield and forward, I think, we're fine. Um, Who who and what would you buy? And and is there a particular pair that you identify?
0: Uh, uh, To be honest, there's not a particular player um I can think of off the top of my head uh, that would come um you're looking at players uh say uh, who's the the German guy that plays for Bayern Munich like, I don't think he's German actually I think he might even be Swiss anyway he can play almost anywhere in the midfield or defence he's their best left back um someone who, who stands out really But I can't think of uh, many we we could go for. Um, I hate to say, but someone in the in the mould of like someone like Danny Rose, who's you know, he's British and powerful, and he can get up and down the pitch, and he's got good pace. Someone like that, Carl
1: Walker. Look at him,
0: exactly. Carl Walker, he done quite well. I mean, we've been linked with uh, what's his name, Uh, Felipe Fluiz. Who's at Lef- Atletico, but the guy's 32, former Chelsea. We want someone that's going to come in and be able to stay for a while. Alexander.
1: I, 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 I do worry a little bit. Sorry, we'll go back to Sandra in a second. I, I do worry a little bit about, like, you know, the the links with Louise and getting Listeiner and getting um, Socrates and so on. We're shopping in fucking Stokes shopping mm-hmm. trolley nowadays we seem to be gone into we're, we're no longer in waitrose we're going back to tesco's haven't we unfortunately yeah but
0: it might come to work with this sustainable model where we might be a one key sign in a year or a one key sign in a window team uh i just remember the guy's name by the way who plays for Bayern munich uh, david alaba anyway i digress he um the manager uh, needs to sign certain people, obviously, but I think it, it's going to be a start at the back now because the forwards are doing well enough. We've got enough talent in the in the midfield and forwards. I think we just need the basis and the back line. I don't think Socrates is the guy that's going to give us that. Uh, we've had this conversation about front foot and back foot defenders so many You've gone left
1: foot, right foot and so on, yeah. And to be honest, I've heard this on some of their radio shows and podcasts and people talking about it uh, and playing uh, a left-footed player on the right wing and Mm. so on and so forth, yeah. So mm. One final point, I suppose, is um, Bellerin. Because mm. uh, you said fullbacks, and you talk about Monreal. Monreal, I, 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 I give it to you. Monreal has been great, and at, at times, I said to uh, Manny and some of the other guys, and possibly even yourself, in in the close season on the, po- the podcast, I said he should be our captain because he's the only one who looked like a leader on the pitch. Yeah, Bellerin, Bellerin on the opposite, um, opposite side of the pitch, he's coming into some serious shit at the minute. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's unfair. Some of the, some of the criticism he's getting. Um, I think since his injury, he has lost, say, have a quarter a pace, you know, a quarter of a yard. You know, when people say that Pitt was lost half a yard, I don't even think he's lost half a yard. I Is think that not because he bulked up too much? I think, I think he uh, he's scared of getting injured again. To be quite frank, um, but I still, I still am championing the idea of him moving forward into a winger position. And having Licksteiner come in uh, for now into the right back position, I think. Yeah, he's starting to. Uh, Bellerin is starting to build a good rapport with Mkhitaryan, and that's great. But I don't really want to see Mkhitaryan out on the right wing um, too often. Uh, he doesn't because re- he drifts in so much. If we want to be going to the byline and cutting back, we need a winger to be doing that, not our fullback and leaving our our our, our, our channels completely exposed, um, where our central defensive midfielders aren't dropping into the space because they're bombing on as well. I think it's, it's like I say, we're, we're a few percentage points away. We're a few degrees off of boiling point. Um, I think that's one of those things. I think if Emery was really going to be brave, he would push someone like Belloween up onto the right wing. Uh, because basically all he's doing he's not making him work any more than he already does he's actually releasing him a little bit by taking away his defensive uh priorities not his at the, defensive expense, work. At,
1: the at the expense of whom
0: i would say mikitarian um personally i think mikitarian is a, is a is a is a sub player
1: is he's, a, he's a, So 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 you've got uh Bellerin on the wing mm-hmm. you got Listiner behind him. You've got, I assume, Lacazette in the middle.
0: Lacazette and Aubameyang have to start together.
1: The, the okay. chemistry is
0: too good. And
1: and and not and and, and Who bow. who who who's behind them? Is it Ramsey? Is it Ozil? See, I
0: see a a, a three, uh, sorry, a four behind. Uh, four, four one, four one is why I'm looking at it in my head. Um, and or a four-two-three-one as we've been more likely to play, uh, and having
1: Ozil and Ramsey and they can't play together, mate. They can't play together.
0: I'd like to see. I'd like to see that they. I'd like to think that they can. They can't. Big mm, to differ.
1: Only time that uh, Ramsey can play on the same pitch as Ozil is if Ramsey is not more the. Defensive midfielder role further back, but that's not when he's at his best because he keeps on drifting forward. Well, if you have if you have someone like uh, Oba
0: and uh, Bellerin on either side of of uh, Ozil, you probably get the most out of Ozil. In that those two players, will always be doing runnings. They're good to get uh, Oba's fantastic of getting getting himself a bit of space, and Lacazette is also brilliant, and he's he's. Come on with his
1: strength so much as well. So even if you M- did, much, much, much improved player this season. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think he was bad last season, but he looks really up for it. Mm. I don't know if that's a change of regime uh, or him looking at an opportunity. Try he's in a sh- shop window. Well, who knows? But fuck it. He he's looking great. He's missed out
0: in the World Cup. He's got a point of proof. That's why I look at it.
1: Uh, and very briefly before we finish, League of Nations. What the fuck?
0: I didn't even watch that
1: shit, to be honest with you. Well, I I, I definitely didn't. The Welsh trounced the Irish, didn't they? 4-1. Yeah, another reason not to watch it. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Although, Ramsey did score.
1: Uh, Yeah, and killed Burt Reynolds in the process.
0: Yeah, I I forgot about that. When Ramsey scores, famous people die. Burt Reynolds.
1: Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit is his real name. I know his alter ego is called Burt Reynolds, but his real name Uh is Smokey. Johnny it's been interesting And this is our first of our 30 minute sort of um, uh, podcast We're going to try and do 30 minutes And then we'll do the main podcast later in the week um, uh, For 60 minutes Which we'll touch on the match preview for Newcastle We'll talk about some of the stuff in the news Do the Prediction League uh, And we'll go from there But it's been brilliant mate Uh, Thank you very much for sparing your Sunday evening of the Arsenal